Hi, I'm Clint Hardy. And I'm Jody Koch. We've been middle school choir directors for well over a decade, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. We're here on a mission to create community, culture, and confidence among fellow middle school choir teachers. We want to share in your joys, validate your concerns, but also give you practical teaching advice each week. And let's just be real, we're here to take you through the mishaps, mistakes, and middle school drama that we all experience. Welcome to the Choir Chronicles. Well, hey, Clint. Well, hey, Jody. This is fun. This is new for us. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this adventure. Me too. So how did we even meet each other? Like, when did this begin? Well, it began early on in my teaching career, for sure, and you too. Uh, we were both teaching in Region 5 yes. here in Texas. Yes. And um, it, we met each other at a Region audition. Yes, I was teaching high school, though. I was a high school assistant. Yes, and I was teaching middle school by so myself. I guess, yes. <laughs> so I guess you were hired to come help with the high school audition. Yes, but uh-huh. I had to be there. Right. Okay, yes, I remember that. I was like, look at that adorable bald man over there. <laughs> Balding. Yeah, we might have talked. Balding. You were balding, balding at the time. Yes. Okay, all right, gotcha. Yeah, and then years later... I remember I was in grad school at SMU and Adam's Roost had recommended me to you because you needed a clinician, right? For UIL and you were in Mansfield. And yeah, and then I came out and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's doing amazing stuff. And then we had a really funny meetup, like what, two years later? Yeah, just two years, yep. Where... uh... I got a call to interview in Keller, um, as did you. Me too. (laughs) And uh, I had a great interview. I remember it being in this like water closet of a little hole. Tiny little room. (laughs) Um, It was so much fun. And I remember walking out feeling like I had crushed it. (laughs) Uh, If you've seen Pitch Perfect, when Rebel (laughs) Wilson is like, crushed it. Uh, That's how I felt walking out of that interview. And then I walked through the lobby, and of course, there's Jody sitting ready for her interview. And I'll never forget, I won't say the word out loud, but Clint goes, oh, smack, <laughs> into my face. Like, we had only met a handful of times, and he just said, oh, smack. And I was like, oh, smack, back at ya. Well, I called a friend right after, and I was like, uh... Jody Hillcoke is sitting in the lobby, so my chances of, of this job is like, they're gone. <laughs> well, I thought the same thing, but ultimately, we both ended up getting hired for what our journey was meant to be, so I got that job, but they literally made a job that didn't exist for Clint Hardy, so, you know, but anyway, so that was kind of like the beginning of our friendship, and then we started talking on the phone all the time then um so I had been at my current school for a year and a half almost I was into my second year and my daughter got really sick she is great now but she was diagnosed with cancer the day she turned two so I just kind of vanished from working but my amazing bosses did not fire me or make me lose my job But then Clint stepped in. Yes, I actually, the job that was created for me was the a a second assistant at 
a high school in Keller that fed, uh, where Jody's school fed into ours. So um, through our plan, we decided that I was going to step over and basically become Jody while also teaching two of my classes at the high school. So I did that in the morning um, and then went over and continued that journey uh, for Hillwood um, in the afternoon. Yeah. Well, I'd say mid-morning to afternoon. Yeah, and... he came for like my varsity trouble class and I had an amazing long-term sub as well who was there. And But yeah, so we would meet up like maybe once every two or three weeks and I just didn't have the capacity to do anything that had to do with my job because I was obviously so focused on my daughter and her health and our appointments and her chemotherapy. But Clint, um, like set, kept the program so good. I walked back in the next year in August. So I ended up not working from December until the end of August. And it was just like, I had never been gone. Like it was just set up for me for success and it was amazing. And so we've been very close since then. And now we're sitting on the floor in Clint's closet <laughs> recording a podcast. So obviously we're very close. So a, a little too close, you might say. We're in the closet together. <laughs> uh, in some ways and out of the closet and others. <laughs> so, okay, you maybe don't even care about that. So here's what we're here for. We are going to talk about starting your school year and just give you some tips from our trial and error and what works for us now. So um, first of all, Clint, we both started at the same time and we have continued. We do a varsity trouble boot camp before school starts. So talk to me about yours. Yeah, uh, I love varsity trouble boot camp. I do it typically the Friday and Saturday before the kids come to school. So we're already in, in service, professional development, and um, I give this information to the kids and their parents the, the prior year so that they know like, hey, if you're signing this varsity trouble acceptance contract, you know the dates yes. that, that are happening. And obviously there are kids that are gone on vacation that have to yes. miss, and that, that doesn't mean that they don't make varsity trouble. It just means that we do it without them. Yeah. And that's totally okay. Um, and for me, it started as a one day camp and then, well, we did our first yes, one together. We did this together. Uh, both of our varsity troubles. Cause we're crazy. That was a lot of fun yes. in a lot of ways. And also like, I would totally be willing to do that again someday. Yeah. There's d definitely an aspect of like, oh, cool, you're getting to see two different ways of doing yes, things. Two teachers, know, getting to know people you're going to maybe compete against and see throughout the year. So that was fun. But. I think it's also important to establish that Jody and I both teach at um, a middle school that's only seventh and eighth grade. So yet we have a sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade intermediate school right below us mm -hmm. where they feed into us, but we don't directly teach our sixth graders. Right. So um, for me, I started incorporating seventh graders into my varsity trouble uh, auditions or sixth graders going into seventh. Mm -hmm. And I know that you do the same. Yeah. Now. We both kind of started around the same time. Same time. Yeah. And so it's important for me that like, oh, it was great to do that together, but now doing it separately, we get yeah. to know our kids a little bit more intimately um, because we're not focused on over 120 kids. Right. And, and we have built our programs up. But at first it was kind of like, 
hey, do you, what are we going to do? Okay, well, why don't you teach one of the region pieces and I'll teach another and we'll play game. You know, it's, but now we both have a very specific, deliberate purpose for our camps. But at first, I think that's a really good idea if you have someone in like a neighboring a school in your district, I think it would be a really fun way to start. So, And if you don't have a multi-school district and you're alone, yeah. I think it's totally okay to reach out to the district next to you and yeah. ask for help and say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with these things. Do you feel like you're struggling? I think a lot of times uh, as choir directors, we don't feel like we can talk about what we struggle with mm-hmm. because it shows a sign of weakness, yeah. but I think it shows a sign of courage. Yeah. Um, and that's what we did. You yeah. know, we said, how can we do this? How can we make our programs better? Yeah. Um, and so for my school, we always have a pep rally on the first Friday of school, um, which now we start on a Wednesday, which is three days into school. Oh and there's gosh. no way in the world to teach the national anthem uh, in three days, <laughs> despite what a lot of people may believe. <laughs> yeah. And so I teach the national anthem as part of the boot camp. Uh, that's kind of how I get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do warm-ups. Um, I have the kids come in uh, the week before for a, a five to ten minute little slot to voice test mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. because I don't want to spend time in my camp right. voice testing. So I give them a part. They know what part they're singing. Um And then we come in and we start learning the national anthem together. So that way we have something ready to sing on that first Friday. Uh, I also think it's really important to spend time getting to know the kids and for the kids to get to know each other. Yes, absolutely. You're probably, you probably feel the same way, but you know, and many listeners may as well. When you have a mixed grade level class, I think that often the younger children feel intimidated Mm -hmm. and even throughout the whole year, sometimes struggle to really show off how strong they can be. Um, I've had years where I've had every seventh grader I've put in varsity trouble is stronger than 50 to 60% of the eighth graders that are in there. And they don't ever blossom Mm -hmm. um, fully, especially at the beginning. Uh, But I've spent time getting to know them and pairing them with kids And this year, for the first time, I did, um, like, a little, like, big little situation, Mm -hmm. kind of like in college. And so I signed, I I sent out a form to the eighth graders and said, hey, would you like to be a big? And the, um, they responded, and if they did, I went through their applications, and I blindly, like, listen to what they had to say via the form and then rank them one to whatever. Okay. And then depending on the how many, yeah, process. the selection process, okay. I wanted to make sure it was fair. Um, and I, so I also hired someone else to do the same thing. And then I took the average score and I had 11 seventh graders in there this year. So the okay. top 11 eighth graders mm-hmm. based on their score got a little, and mm-hmm. they knew that going in. It's part of the application. That's like, you're not guaranteed, guaranteed to be a big, okay. And I saw friendships develop throughout the year where the little was hanging out with the big and getting to know and expansive. So it was really cool to get to see that happen. Um, And I also had the the bigs bring a gift for their little on the first day of camp. Oh, how cute. Okay. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So it seems like it's important that you have a selection process. You need someone who's going to take it seriously. Like they're going to be reliable to bring the gift. Yeah. Yeah, And it's, and I, I tell the kids like, 
um, and their parents that like the gift doesn't have to be big. Uh, I'm really big on handwritten notes. Mm-hmm. Like it can be a handwritten note and like yes, he is. Yeah, <laughs> and you can also like just bring a piece of chocolate or candy yeah. or something small. Yeah. And even if you ended up in the top and like, I know that you struggle financially, I bought a gift and said, hey, give yeah, this to your little you because yeah. it, it's not about the gift. It's more about like, oh, wow, this gift is making me feel less anxious. Mm-hmm. And oh, they really care about me and they want me to do well in here. Yeah. 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 Well, and I do, um, since obviously we started together, just a couple things I wanted to add. Ours are similar. Mine is always the Friday night before school starts. I also um, audition them the year before. So they get like a contract and like their parent email. I collect all those emails before our grade book disappears so I can contact them over the summer. And so does Clint. And um, ours is 5 to 10 p.m. the Friday night before school begins. And same thing. There are kids that are out of town and that's fine. Um, usually I would say out of, you know, maybe an average of 50 to 60 kiddos I put in there, maybe like three don't show up because they know and they're reliable kids and their parents know. But, um, one big thing we do is have our high school choir officers come down and they help me run it. Like they do a lot for me. I, I just teach and, um, they will do games, like fun games with the kids, getting to know you, team building. And we always end with a glow light dance party. So I always go to Target, Dollar Spot. After July 4th, they will put on clearance in the Dollar Spot their red, white, and blue, like 4th of July glow bracelets. Now I say this, this will be the only year they don't do that. <laughs> They're cheap, though. You can order them online. And I've always gone, and they're like, they'll have like 80% off. So I'll get them for 30 cents a pack. And I just buy them with my money um, and give them to the kids. And then I'll have the high schoolers DJ. And so last year, they did a whole bunch of like popular TikTok songs, I guess. And I've got videos of my kids going crazy just doing this dance party. One year, we blew out a sound system and started the year with no speaker. <laughs> um, thank you, high schoolers. But anyway, that that's another element I add. So... We basically both of us when we started this wanted like the whole first week of school to be done in that one evening because I don't want to start on the first day of varsity trouble going, Hi, I'm Miss Coke, and here's where you stand, and let's get in height order. But and also, I voice mine in May before if there's a handful I haven't gotten to, I'll have them arrive at 4 p.m. on the night of boot camp say, hey, I'll send an email, like, maybe there's, like, six or seven of them I haven't gotten to this year for whatever reason, I'll have them arrive a little bit early and voice test them and kind of put them into three parts. So, yeah, so there's Varsity Trouble Boot Camp, um, and now the actual first day. So, I was going to talk about my first day. Um, You hear this all the time, but it bears repeating. Um, Kids want to sing on the first day. They don't want you to just yap at them and like, here's the handbook and let's go over all this stuff. They want to sing and have fun. And my goal is at the dinner table or, you know, they say to another teacher that they already know or a parent, choir was so fun. It was the most fun class of the day. Um, Someone said, his name is Gerald... He was the year you were doing TCDA. Gerald Nicholas. Gerald Nicholas said in a session for virtual TCDA, said, you are still recruiting the first two weeks of choir. Because if any kid wants to go, hey, I can't do all these concerts, or, oh, there's a fee to pay for my uniform and my T-shirt, 
there that counselor's not going to hesitate to be like, sorry, they can't do it. The parents said they can't be at extracurricular things, whatever it is. So you're still recruiting. And so I want to be fun, peppy. I'm going to do some echo singing. Now, of course, I'm not talking about my varsity trouble. I'm talking about beginner, JV, who are going to be a little bit shy to sing out. So we're going to do some echo singing, see what they know, teach them some fun rounds like Ghost of, I say Ghost of Tom, but everyone else says Ghost of John. But, you know, have you seen the Ghost of John? Um, which is really fun. Just some really cool, like, modal rounds that the kids love. Singing back like Colton Blake does the, we will, we will rock you. Yeah, and you can do it in octaves with your tenor basses. Just get them singing something. Um and because they want to sing on that first day of school, they don't want to just sit and listen to you lecture. I have a really simple icebreaker that I do every year. I take five pieces of butcher paper and I get five cups with markers in them. And I have some, like, I'll play like a chord progression, like one, four, one, five, one. Like, okay, that means to rotate to the next, you know, you're going to go clockwise. And then you have to explain what a clockwise is and what a <laughs> clock is. Um, but the posters just say, and I tape them to the wall like the day before. And they just say, where did you go this summer? What is your biggest fear? What's your favorite song right now? What's the best movie you saw this summer? And then I might put like, what are you excited about for this school year? And so I'll divide them like by where I let them sit by their friends the first day, sit anywhere on the risers, not in varsity trouble because you already have a spot. But these are just our general JV choirs sit anywhere and then okay you guys ish here oh you're friends with them okay y'all go together go to that one you're gonna start there you're gonna start there and I kind of watch the kids as they're done writing down their comments I will play the the cue chords the move around and it just gets them up and talking and circulating the room it lets me kind of hear them talk to the kids I know or don't know and um, then I like to go after the end of the day and read the funniest one. So I'll write down like what I think was hilarious that kids put on their answers. And then the next day I'll be like, here's my top 10 funny ones that I read. And they're anonymous, of course. You also have to look for, you know, there might be some school inappropriate ones. And of course, the sweetest, most innocent little seventh grade girl is the one that's going to find it, you know, but so you might want to just have your black Sharpie ready to blot that out. So we do that. That takes some time on that first day. Um, I have candy at the ready. I know not everyone can get a, away with giving out candy at your school. I will just go down. I'll probably be fired for that someday. But I buy candy in bulk. Jolly Ranchers are very, very popular. Starburst. Starburst are very popular. Little individually wrapped candies. And I will ask questions or like I'll show them some be quiet cues. Like if I do ch 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 Good job, Clint. You know, and okay, so the first person to do that back correctly. So I've got candy ready because, again, like Gerald taught me, you're still recruiting for like the first two or three weeks. They can still probably get out if they want to. Um, I think it's really important if I can jump in yeah. that I use and in in our series, we're going to highlight things that like we've done wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're going to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. talk about those things. And I'll be honest. For a long time, I thought the only people I was still recruiting at the beginning of the year were the tenor bases mm. because I'm like, oh, wow, that's where I really need to put my focus because yeah. 
typically you have just boys in there, but not always. Yeah. And boys will drop it like the dime of a hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like I always the first day give a permission form that says we're going to see the Texas Rangers and we do it as yes. a big group and everybody gets to go that wants to go, yes. which is awesome. Of course, if a kid can't afford to go, I pay for them to go. Uh, we get the cheap, cheap seats. So, mm-hmm. you know, the worst of the worst. And that's, they're so high. The kids like being high. Yeah. They can do, they can go and like buy things and what eat. month do you go to the Rangers game? We go September. Okay. Towards the very end. Um, and like tip, Tickets can typically cost between 10 and $15, mm-hmm. you know, between inflation, mm-hmm. the year, it just depends. Um, so, but going back to like, I thought I was just recruiting them. I started seeing a trend of like kids in the JV trouble mm-hmm. classes kind of drop off. Yeah. And I had to make sure that I wasn't just focusing in one area. I had to appeal to everybody. Yeah. So I think those Keep games that in. you do and those yes. that's really important and crucial to getting to know them. Yeah. And I feel like as seasoned teachers, we can kind of scan the room and kind of see like, wow, this kid might be on yes. the verge of like yes. not wanting to be and here. And they'll tell some of them come up to you, I wanted art. I was not supposed to be in here. I wanted art. You know, it's like, okay. Hang tight, hang tight. Just can you give me two days? I'll I'm, I'll get to talking to the counselor. And a lot of times you can win those kids over. You absolutely can. I mean, and not everybody you're gonna win over. Yeah. And that was a hard lesson for me. Oh, still learning that. Yes. I mean, I take it personally, yes. and and I shouldn't because it's not personal. Um, some kids just aren't meant to be in choir. No, but I hate that. I, we're the same way. Yeah. We want everybody to be yes, acquired, yes. even if they're All not six thousand children. Exactly, even if they're not what you would call quote acquire kid. Right. I think that everybody can find joy in singing, um, and I know that you believe that too. So yeah. that's yeah. just my little two cents on throwing in something fun for the first day. Yes, and then voice testing. I'll just give you a little snippet. Um, tenor basses. I absolutely take the time to hear like record their range on a piece of paper use that john cooksey method that is gold um and track them throughout the year i try to do it three to four times and kind of see okay oh look at your lower note i care more about what their lowest note is as a middle school tenor bass i don't really care how high they can sing in their falsetto because let's face it our music is limited i need to know the lowest note they can phonate well, not just like, uh, you know, vocal fry. I need to know the lowest pitch they can sustain. So I know if they're a tenor one, tenor two, or bass for middle school, which you guys know a middle school bass is like, you know, I can sing as low as most of them. But then you've got, of course, your boys who have plummeted down to like a bass low C. But with my JV groups, I'm just going to be real. I usually just ask them to choose a voice part. Do you want to sing the higher one or the lower one? Do you know if you're a soprano or alto? Great. Do you care? Great. I could use more people on alto. I, Clint and I have such big programs. I don't want to stop for an entire week and voice everyone. I am not advising you to do this. I do it differently. (laughs) So Clint does it the legit way. And then by the winter concert, I've usually gotten to it. Or kids have come to me and been like, I hate singing alto. I'm a soprano. Okay, great. But I just want to teach them something in the first couple weeks of school. So 
I am in no way recommending my method. I'm just letting you know that I am super lazy when it comes to voicing 7th and 8th grade JV trouble students. So Clint, go ahead on your actual way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, just like Jody, the tenor basis for sure are going to be voice tested. Um, I do focus on their low notes, but I, I do focus on their high notes as well. Really? Um, it just depends on the year. If I have a lot of kids, I only have one class of tenor basses. I don't, I don't split them into mm-hmm. two. Uh, when I taught in a previous district, I had a seventh grade and an eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But That's here, what I do. You know, I, I keep them all together mm-hmm. because when I first arrived, there were probably only 20 tenor yeah. basses at all in choir. This coming year, I have over 60, which is great. And I think that uh, keeping them in their safety in numbers. Yes, absolutely. Especially with those kids, the tenor basses can easily get freaked out if they have to sing by themselves. So I pull them into a practice room and um, I'll voice test them. Mm -hmm. If I can tell that they really don't want to sing alone... I'll have a buddy come sing with them in the background behind that I know the strong and I'll have the kid who I'm actually listening to face me and the one that's not turn around and that helps them become a little bit more comfortable. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What is everyone else doing while you are listening to these kids? Great question. (laughs) Um, So I have not always, I've only had an associate director for the last three years. Right. Um, so prior to that, there's no adult like right. watching them in that room. Um, <laughs> 60 boys. <laughs> of 60 kids, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there have been years that I have asked like a front office person to like, hey, there okay. are two receptionists. Could you spare one? Mm-hmm. Or hey, could somebody come help me? Right. Um, and that's not always the case. But yeah. sometimes you have people that are free on that first right. day. An and idea. Exactly. But I also have um, a get to know you form. Mm-hmm. It's it's called uh, All About Me. Yes. And so I let the kids fill out this form. And the last two years, especially since we had all those protocols with COVID, mm-hmm. uh, we transformed all of it into a digital form. Like a Google Doc or mm-hmm. something. Okay. And uh, our school is one to one. So all mm-hmm. the kids have a Chromebook. Uh, that doesn't mean they always bring it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or they can use their phone. And I, I give them a list of questions. And since uh, going digital, I've given them more because yeah. they get through it so much That's quicker. True. That's they, true. They type quicker. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them. <laughs> uh, but it's also easier on me because I can read digitally what they're trying yeah. to say versus trying to pick out their chicken scratch mm-hmm. sometimes. Okay. So they are doing an assignment mm-hmm. now with your, you know, whoever's the associate director or not, the lead director of that class. Yes. Sometimes unsupervised, sometimes with a colleague, but they're, they have an assignment that's going to essentially take them most of that time. Absolutely. Okay. And I assign three eighth graders that have been in choir the year before Mm -hmm. to kind of like keep charge of the class. And like, if something were to go even slightly awry, Mm -hmm. they run to me. Okay. And luckily the practice room is like right there. So, you know, if something happens, I'm there. But the kids are typically still getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, so a little shy on that first day, mm-hmm. a little quieter. And I'll tell you, it, it takes a long time to voice test if you if you do if you're doing it really well mm-hmm. and you want to make sure. Uh, but with these bigger classes, sometimes I split the kids into three part, and so I really need to know yeah. if you're a ten or two or if you're a ten or one. Right. Because as you mentioned, like middle school, 
tenor bass music is just so limited. Yes. And it's sometimes it just sits super high and right. or super low and there's not a lot of, of the middle. So, um, I was really scared for a long time to do three parts. Yeah. Especially, especially teaching them all in one class. Yes. I'll teach like my eighth grade tenor bass. I'll teach tenor two bass a lot. And then in my seventh grade, I'll teach tenor one bass because you don't tend to have as many completely changed voices in the seventh grade and then combine them. But it still scares me. It still scares me. It is scary. <laughs> um, and so it's, I think it's important, you know, to realize also like, wow, of this class, I only have five of 60 that are real tenor twos. Yeah. Can I put right. a few tenor ones in there? Yeah. Or is this a year that like, even though I have 60, I'm going to have to sing two part because yeah. they just isn't there. Yeah. And that's the thing about teaching tenor basses is like, it's just like a roll of the dice. You yeah. never know. You don't know. You don't. You and know, tomorrow, it may be all different. It may be changed. Okay, so what about JV Trouble? So with JV Trouble, we do the same thing. Um, we give them that it's all about you. Mm -hmm. They get to know each other. We let them sit kind of where they want. Yes, you know, first, to, yeah. Um, all of our classes on my campus are mixed grade level. Mm -hmm. So it's never just all a seventh grade class. Like right. there are eighth graders mixed in. So um, because it takes multiple days... We'll give them that all about you form. We'll give them a little scavenger hunt where they have to like mix and mingle with people too okay. to get going. Yes. Um, and we do pull them in. And, you know, as much as center bases, you know, may not be like, oh, I don't want to sing. They're the ones that typically sing for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's the the girls that I feel are super freaked out. Do you ever pull more than one together? Um, I have done that a few mm -hmm. times. Okay. Usually with the JV kids they are really shy mm -hmm. they'll sing really quiet um for me i find that so many kids just like to sing in their chest voice mm -hmm. that like if i can tell that they have the ability to be a soprano i'm gonna i'm gonna do yeah. that and there are also times where i'm like you really are an alto but yeah. you're telling me that you don't sing high so you're gonna sing yep. soprano Boom. for me soprano <laughs> like because you need to learn how to do that and transition yeah and some of our kids that like have made the all-state choir mm -hmm. or region choir as a seventh grader alto have flipped and become first sopranos the next year. Right. It's just a matter of accessing. Like, they don't, you don't know what you don't know. If you've never been put in a classical choral vocal training situation. Exactly. They don't know. And as I stated earlier in the episode, like, we, you and I don't teach our sixth graders, like, right, right. there. Uh, you know, now I know that, like, I have somebody that's so incredible. Yes. Jen Logan is such a great teacher yes. that she teaches them to sing and their chest voice and their right. higher falsetto register, they right. flip into that head voice. And so it's becoming easier. Right. But I've only had Jen for two years now. Right. And her first year of teaching ever was right. COVID, you <laughs> know? Um, so she's still learning. And I know for you, you just lost Shannon because yes. she retired. retiring. We have someone fabulous coming in. But yeah, yeah. So it's important to be able to like... I think to hear those kids sing and be able to place them in the correct spot. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, I am going to, I'm going to break down and depending on the class size, it can take anywhere from four to five days. It can take less than that, depending <sighs> on how quick And see, that's go. what just scares me to like have my hands off them for four to five days. I am thinking about paying my private voice lessons teacher some like contract money 
to do some of that for me this year. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm such a control freak. So are you. But like to not teach them for those four days. But I know that I'm in the minority who doesn't do that. Like you almost have me convinced. But I'm like, oh, I don't want to not teach them for four days. Well, and here's the thing that probably listeners are like, why haven't they said this yet? Um, I now like... Now that I have an associate, we tag team. Yes, that's true. And I will say, like, man, one of my good friends, Joel, the best advice he gave me about having an associate mm-hmm. was, like, let them teach. Mm. You said it. I am a control freak, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at first, uh, I Olivia Lane just left me. Uh, sorry, Olivia. <laughs> Everyone's <listening>. leaving us. <laughs> we're all being left. Y'all probably shouldn't listen to us. Uh, we don't know. We're running people off. We're so, I mean, I'm so happy for her that she got a hijab. <laughs> um, but at first it was really difficult to be like, man, is she going to put somebody in soprano the way that I would put somebody yeah. as a soprano? And in the end, like, of course she did because like we hire people that are smart yes. and that we want to work with. And so trusting your colleagues is really Mm -hmm. important and building that trust. And so I say, like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. If we get a new kid in, Olivia will be like, Clint, can you voice test this kid? Right. Absolutely. Like, you're teaching class and vice versa. Like, trusting each other and tag teaming will also cut that down. Yes. Um, And that's where... Especially if you're going to both be out of the room, you could maybe ask if there's somebody that's free. Right. You know, like typically. Your conference period. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like your buddy that teaches. Hopefully no one is an ISS the first day of right. school. Shouldn't so be. if that's the case, like ask the ISS aide, you know, to come in and right. sit, just sit in your class yes. and get to know the kids. Like it's totally okay to think outside of the box mm-hmm. and do something different. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's just a little bit about voice testing and we'll have more on that later. Yeah. Yeah. And then last thing we're going to wrap up here, but we're talking about like all of that junk you have to do, like fees, t-shirt size, the forms, the medical forms, all of that stuff, um, uniform fitting, all kinds of things that you want to do. Um, I do a, I kind of do a lot of that in class and then both of us have a parent info night toward the beginning of the year. I try to do mine like maybe the first full week of school. Cause like Clint said, we start on a Wednesday in our district. So the first or second full week of school, I'll do like a six to 7 PM where I go over all of this. And then, um, we do a lot of it in class. Clint does a super Saturday. So you want to go over the things that they do on that Saturday? Yes. And I need to give credit where credit is due. Uh, when I taught at Central High School, Leanne McClure and Jen Randall, they're the people that mm-hmm. introduced this concept to me. And I've kind of taken it and done my own thing with it too. Yes. Um, but super Saturday is just where I block out four hours of time on a Saturday. And I, my associate and I go up, we set up the night before we have our choir officers, yes. um, because for me, we elect our main choir officers the year before and mm-hmm. announce it at banquet. Um, we have them come up and set up that Friday Friday night before. There are stations all throughout. We have mm-hmm. an amazing librarian who lets us use the library whenever. So we go between the choir room, the ensemble mm-hmm. room, and um, 
the library and what I have going on in the choir room and the ensemble room is uniform fitting. Mm -hmm. So I have parents that are amazing and they come up and volunteer to help size the kids, give them what they need. If we're run out of something, they make a list of like what I need to order. It's, it's incredible. Um, while also having a bunch of rotate, a bunch of stations Mm -hmm. inside of the library where you start in the library, you go around, uh, we have a welcome sign that tells them where to go. I usually get on social media on Instagram and yes. do like a walkthrough right. to show them like, here's what you do. Yeah, here's yeah. a tour. And you probably talk tour. to them about in class. And Absolutely. Like, this is what we're doing. Um, so we tell them that all like from the beginning, like Super Saturday is this coming Saturday. Make sure you show up. I usually do it on the second Saturday, Um, not the first, because it's so much that's happening. You're tired. But also, you want to make sure that, like, they're not overwhelmed with things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have stations, like, there's the, here, come pay your choir fees. The computers are all pulled up. Or if they want to go online and pay the fee online, they can. It's not due till the end of September, but, like, there are some parents that like to get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. If they want to be a part of the choir banquet planning committee, they can sign up to be on the banquet committee. They can also buy banquet tickets early if they want um, because that's a big thing at our school Mm -hmm. and our program. Um, they can also have a, we have a station where some of our top choir officers and kids who have made the region choir before do talk about region yeah. and get kids that, uh, are interested in auditioning for all region to yeah. sign up to audition. Um, we, uh, I bring in my voice teachers, any of them that can actually be there mm-hmm. that day, or they're there at a station talking yes. about voice lessons. They're selling voice lessons mm-hmm. to people as they come around and getting kids to sign up. Yeah. Uh, and we're both fortunate enough to have voice teachers, yeah. which is great. Um, there's a station where the, I have like, um, our parent volunteers sell choir swag. Uh, they can buy like old t-shirts that we put on sale. Yes, a good way to make money. Definitely. (laughs) We have stickers, you know, like there are things that you can do to like get kids ready to go, Mm -hmm. um, for choir. We have the choir. I love choir pencils. Like they can buy those, you know, anything like that to help raise funds for you. And, um, being able to sell that is important. Yes. And so, yeah, two ways to do it. Like I tend to load mine into the parent info night and then just do these things as we go during the school year. And then Clint likes to do this all at once, just one big mega thing. What percentage of your students would you say you get to come up there on that day? I would say we probably have about 60 to 70 percent that that's come up. right did it's, it start that way no really it it was it was small at first maybe uh-huh. 30 or 40 okay. percent but that's still i mean think about all the crap we do and getting getting it percent done of your kids done and those are probably the right 30 percent whose parents are like yes they'll take lessons yes they'll sign up for all region yes we want to buy the last seven years t-shirts for five dollars absolutely you know? yeah and also there are times where the parent comes up and the kid can't because they're at a a baseball game or whatever it's okay for the parent to come and like we i still have uh, another volunteer sign up where maybe a few parents come during the day and Mm -hmm. they spend a few days with us pulling those kids out and getting them sized thank goodness so that like yeah i don't have to do it or my associate doesn't have to do it so hate uniform fitting it's it's exhausting we're gonna talk we'll do a whole episode on that i don't i don't touch them i don't do them anymore it's all (laughs) parents but 
Well, thank you so much for sticking with us through this first episode, and we will see you in many more to come. We have many episodes planned for this first season, and we're so excited that you're joining us in the Choir Chronicles. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Choir Chronicles. If you are interested in booking Clint or Jody for professional development, a one-on-one coaching session, or to clinic your choir, please email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Also, did you know I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store called The Choir Queen with over 100 lesson plans and resources just for middle school choir? You can head to my website, www.thechoirqueen.com, to access more information. And as always, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic, or ask us any questions, please reach out to us via Gmail, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week for more tips and tricks.